Hey, young world. It's your favorite host who always puts extra jelly on his toast. That's right. My name is Ryder Foster, a.k.a. Famous Vernon. And I want to welcome you to the show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I want to be famous. My job is to show you how to go from ordinary to extraordinary. That's, 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 that's why I'm here every week. Giving you gems and jewels so you can go out and do it too. Ooh, yay, yay. Ah. This week is special. I recorded something a little special for you um, to share my story and how I got to this point. So this is actually a clip from uh, something that I recorded on YouTube for a kind of a brief timeline of my journey and how I got to this point, and I hope that you will enjoy it. So I want to do something special today and just share a little bit about how I got here. So this is a brief timeline, a brief history of my journey. And uh, yeah, I hope you uh, get a little bit out of this experience. So for the people who don't know me, my name is Vernon Foster, aka Famous Vernon. And I started this journey several, several years ago, many moons ago. Um, more specifically in 1985, that was the year I came alive. And, um, now as I sit here to share this message with you today, I'm a 35 year old Brooklyn Knight. Uh, that's where I reside currently. And my, uh, future looking back, I could have never have guessed that I would be here kind of connecting the dots looking back it makes sense but um currently live in new york city as i said brooklyn to be more exact uh and to give you a little bit of the backstory of how this all started um you know when i was very young uh i experienced the loss of my father i was actually two years old and from that moment on our family was uh, completely different, right? Um, you had my mom raising five kids, single mom. Uh, can't imagine how that would be for her. Um, but, you know, she sucked it up. She did what she could as a mom. And, man, I can't tell you how hard that, you know, um, I give it up to her every day. She's amazing. Um, for the single moms out there, thank you for what you've done. Uh, but, you know, um, one of the things that really stuck out to me in my childhood to this day is that I was I was very heavily influenced by sports at an early age. I think I started playing football when I was around probably like eight or nine years old. Um, I started playing flag football at the local community, um, small town feel. That's how I grew up. And... Uh, <laughs> We, we used to, um, you know, go down to the park and train, right? We'd do our little drills and we'd run and we'd cut, try to catch the ball, you know. And I, I wasn't really a, uh, a good player. I actually cried a lot when I was a kid. Um, and I was very whiny. I was, I was the baby. I'm the youngest of five. So you can imagine I, I pretty much always try to get my way. And so... Um, what's cool about this is that 
uh, we've grown up in this small town. Uh, I tell everybody like Varsity Blues is like the perfect example of how I like the town I grew up in. Small town, like if you played football, you could get away with murder. Um, you can get away with pretty much anything. Um, probably, yeah, not murder, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, <laughs> so the the um, the reason why sports played a big role in my life is because there was always like mentors and coaches there. So I remember people like Victor Pelt. Um, I remember people like Coach Castile. I remember Coach Mike and all of these people, these men, um, although my father wasn't around, I always had these like father figures or, you know, men in my life who I could, I could see like, okay, this is what a man does, right? This is the, you know, this is what a man exemplifies. So I was grateful to have those people in my life. And um, to this day, they, the, the principles that sports instilled into me um, was super powerful. It was a super powerful experience to grow up and learn how to communicate, learn how to work as a team, learn how to achieve a common goal, even to lose, right? Because every, you know, most of my life uh, playing sports, I lost a lot. Um, mainly, we, 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 we didn't have a lot of winning seasons early on. I think we had one winning season, and that was when I was in like Junior Pee Wee or Mighty Mites or something like that. Um, and then the rest of the time we got our ass kicked all over the field and this is Florida. So, so football in Florida is like, it's like the jam. It's like you play football and like people are just like, they feed their kids cornbread and like, that's all they do is like train them and breed them to be football players. So I say all this to say, um, it was a really cool opportunity for me to learn about myself, to learn the value, hard work, teamwork. It also kept me uh, on track in school because I was never like the, a studious student. I always did just enough to get by because school was school never really like fully engaged me. It, it's it was something that was um, not so interesting, um, not interesting at all to say least. I think the biggest things that I enjoyed about school were recess and naps, pudding. Uh, like in like pre-K and things like that. When I actually got in regular school, it was like recess, uh, f like lunch, because we'd clown. And then obviously like wearing our jerseys on campus, like uh, when we were playing. So I was never like a studious student. I, w I wasn't like, yeah, I got to get good grades, man, because I'm going to like Harvard. That was never me. I actually like didn't even like apply to colleges until like really later on. <laughs> Um, so playing sports that gave me a good foundation. And then, uh, later on when I graduated, one of the biggest voids in my life was that I didn't have sports. Um, I didn't have football. I didn't have lacrosse. By the way, I played lacrosse, which is phenomenal. I have a really cool story about that. I'll share at some point. Um, uh, but lacrosse came to me through coach Norton, who was another amazing coach that I had. And so one of the things that I, uh, one of the things that I did uh, was to just just get into like music, right? It kind of fell in my lap. My friend Danny Burke, um, even before like college, we would like put together. We'd have this group called Sweet Melodies, and we'd get together and we'd rap, and we'd all like do our verse, and 
at the ta- senior talent show we performed in. You know, we were like the task force, the notorious toilet paper rolling crew, giving juniors nightmares is what we do. Snow in Florida, yeah, it can happen. Who's on your track? Well, guess who's rapping? I still remember like some of the lines. That wasn't even my verse. I don't, I think I, that was the beat. So that's so funny that I still remember all this time. So, um, didn't play, didn't have like this, wasn't at the skill level to play D1, didn't want to go to like a smaller college to play sports. So I was like, I'm done with sports, had this big void in my life, but I always knew that music was going to be like something that I did and pursued. Uh, I used to burn CDs and mixtapes for like all of the games, the pregame warm-up track. I would play that in the locker room. I'd put that up, send it up to the press box. I was a guy. I was like the unofficial DJ for the team. So uh get into college. My friend Danny is um sorry. Hi. Uh, my friend Danny is uh like producing beats and he's been producing beats throughout high school. He's like doing it a little bit in college. And then I uh I say, you know what, I'm just gonna like try this. So I was like, yo, Danny, yo, DB, let me get that turntable, man. Put me on game. Let me spin some records. So I get his turntable and then I start building up my like setup. So I get another turntable, I get a Vestax PMC mixer with the gold plate, the old like scratch mixers. Um and then I get some. I, get, I already had like records like growing up because my mom. I listened to funk and soul records like growing up. Um, Al Green, Michael Jackson, Prince. I actually told my mom I wanted to be Prince when I was um, when I was like, I had to be like. Da, da, da. There was there was a handful of DJs, and so I started like watching. I think that was around the time that YouTube was starting to. Was YouTube even out then? I don't even remember. That was like 2005. Uh, maybe YouTube wasn't out. Maybe it was, but I know I got a DVD. Um, and maybe it was something else. Maybe like Ustream was out or something like that. And so I started like watching these DJs and I got these like DVDs where it was like how to mix and like Cubert, like DJ, like you get the record and then you put one on this platter and you put one other on that platter and you just... Pick it, pick it, pick it. Ah, 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 that's fresh. It's so fresh. And so I would come home every day from college when I was in, uh, at that time I was in community college. I would come home every day and I would just scratch records after like when I was done doing my homework. I just, just spend hours and hours and hours and hours like, I just, I didn't have a lot of like friends back then. Like I had my friends that I moved to like Tampa with cause it was like, I was living in Tampa. But I was like, yo, I gotta like, I don't have anything to do. Um, this is like when I'm 19 and I just started like doing it. So for a whole year, I just practiced. I just practiced every day for about a year. And then what did I, I then after that, what I did was I took it to the next level. So I was like, I'm gonna start my own entertainment company. And I remember to this day, one of my one of my friends at that time was like, "Yo, what makes you think you can do that?" And I was like, "Because I can't." <laughs> and I didn't know what the hell I was doing. 
I just ordered some cards on Vistaprint and I was like, I got to think of a name. I got to think of a name. Boogie Blind Entertainment. So Boogie Blind Entertainment was going to be the name of my business. I got some cards printed up on some some like paper stock and it had um it had the name uh Boogie Blind and they were purple and it had my email and my phone number and I would just like go like hand them out whenever I saw like I saw somebody I was like yo you need a DJ I got you boom 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 and I remember the first party that I DJed the very 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 first party was a quinceanera. Now, if you don't know what a quince is, it's like a sweet 16, but it's not It's not for like when you're, it's more of like when you're, um, you're not 16, it's, it's actually 15. Um, in the Spanish culture, it's like a rite of passage, right? Um, almost like in, in, in the Jewish world, you have a bar mitzvah, I would say maybe it's not as equivalent, but like you, you get it right. Like uh, the quinceanera is a, is a huge deal in the Spanish culture. And so uh, one of the guys I was DJing or I was working in the entertainment scene at a club, right? Cause I knew that would be a nice end. And so one of the, one of the dudes I was working with was like, yo, you DJ? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yo, my sister's having her quince, quinceanera. Do you want to DJ? And I was like, yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And he's like, how much you charge? And I was like, I think I was like, like a hundred or 75 or something. And then we, um, we came to like an agreement on what I would, and what, on what the fee would be. So anyway, um, that ends up being my first joint. I rock the party. I'm playing like daddy Yankee. Rompe, 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 rompe. I don't know if y'all remember that. That was like probably 2005, 2006. So then um, I'm still in Tampa at this time. And I'm like, all right, I know that I can get my, once I get my two-year degree in Florida, you get this thing where you get your two-year degree. You can go to any university you want, any university in Florida. And I I have roots in Tallahassee. And like, that was like Florida State was like the place where I was like always like wanting to go. I have friends that, went to school up there and I was like, man, if I was going to ever go to a, like a school, like it would be Florida state. So I took the leap, packed up my stuff, moved up to, um, uh, to Tallahassee. And then from there, like things just took off. I, uh, I, I just did a bunch of free gigs. I was like, I go to the pita pit and I just set up and I would just do, cause I did this in Tampa too. I just set up my equipment at the pool and just start DJing. And then people would come up and I'd just give them a card and be like, yo, you got a party, a kegger, whatever, bar mitzvah, I got you, baby, I got you, quinceanera. And so I did that in Tallahassee and I'm DJing at Peter Pit one night and these dudes come up to me and they're like, yo, um, have you ever DJed a Greek party? And I was like, Greek party? Nah, man, I just like moved up here. I don't know nobody. And he's like, yo, you should come just like check out our fraternity and like you can DJ our parties and stuff. So ended up doing that. And that was like, boom, up into the right rocket fuel to my DJ career. And I ended up DJing a bunch of spots in Tallahassee with um, shots out to Crespo, um, shots out to, um, who was big back then? Gummy Bear, shots out to, there was a ton of DJs in that scene, man. Um, and it was cool because it was like a college scene. That's the hack. If you ever want to like, 
get in the DJ scene and you're younger, just go to like a, a small college town and you'll, you'll get it popping. So I do that. I graduate. Um, and well, one thing I wanted to do before I graduate, cause I, I barely graduated by the way. I think I went to my like professor and was like, look, man, if I can't graduate, my mom's going to kick my ass. <laughs> and I had to like do some extra makeup work or whatever. It turns out I end up getting to do it. And, uh, I, I get I barely get like I think I passed with like a like a one point I barely had a two point and so I get through this by the skin of my teeth and the one thing that I wanted to do was travel I was like the one thing that I want to do is like study abroad I wasn't able to do that so I was like I'm gonna travel I'm gonna like take this opportunity to like like just go abroad and I spent like. I think it was like 14 days. I was able to like, I had to miss some school or whatever, but I had saved like two grand or something from like my student loan deferment or whatever. And then uh, I, I took a trip to Costa Rica solo, man. And it was like the most powerful, impactful thing that ever happened to me. It was just like, it blew me away. And I was like, Yo, this is crazy because my my whole the whole this whole time you gotta understand I didn't really I didn't really travel like I went to I think I up until that point I went to Washington D.C. I'd went to like Jacksonville, um, you know, like Tampa. Uh, I think I had went to I went to Mardi Gras one year, but I had never traveled like internationally abroad. And when that when like I went to Costa Rica and I found out you can just like backpack around and stay in these hostels it's like 10 bucks a night you get like uh uh gallo y pinto it's like rice and beans for like three dollars i'm just like oh my god this is crazy man i'm living the life i ain't even got no money and i'm living large <laughs> so it was a cool experience and it taught me like it was like it was like waking up from a dream like you're this whole time you're like dreaming and then you like wake up and you're like, oh my gosh, this is what like the world really is. And so that like changed the trajectory of my life. I'm like getting a little teary eyed talking about it. I like changed the trajectory of like just how I viewed the world. I was like, I saw absolute poverty for the first time, right? Like I, I saw like pod, like people living in like shanty homes, like dirt floors, like two pieces of wood and like a tin root, like crazy. I was like, yo. I, I will never complain about my situation ever again. So I do that. And, um, you know, I, I, I come back home and then it's like 2009, that is like 2009 and the recession hits and it's like the worst recession ever. Like people are losing their houses, their jobs. Like, it's just, it's like crazy. It's going down. It's like, it's not, it's like, it's a bad time for a lot of people, kind of like now, kind of like what we're experiencing right now. And man, it's just, it just needed to like, it, it, you know, the I don't know what needed to happen, but it was just devastating. Um, I didn't even, I wasn't even able to go get a job at the company I interned for immediately when I graduated. So I spent a couple months um, just like doing some self-reflection. I started looking around at like other things that I could do business wise, um, experimenting with some like some network marketing stuff. And then I just started to discover like 
um, like the like really like internet and like really the YouTube like diving in and like videos and things like that. And so I was like, I, I was like, man, I'll just put together a, like a little DJ course. Uh, so I did that. It flopped. I sold like like maybe like two of them. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but it was okay because it was like this. I learned right. I, I learned from that experience. And now, like, fast forward, you know, um, not actually, like, right now, but, like, I actually went in, um, fast forward a couple of months after that, I I think it was, like, six months or so, I went and worked for the real estate company that I'd interned for. And after uh, I, I did that for about, I think it was about a year one of my one of my good friends, man, he he passed away in his sleep, and that was just like a huge wake up call. Um, his name was Greg, and uh, man, I was just like, "What the fuck am I doing here? Like, I do I really want to be doing this job? Like, this isn't what I was put on this earth to do." Uh, and I, I told my boss, I was like, I was like, yeah, I gotta, I gotta quit, man. I'm gonna go do something else. And um, the next thing I did was was pretty wild. It was wild. I, 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 I would love to go into more detail about that. We're coming up short on time, and I think I'm just gonna do a part two. But, um, you know, that I think Greg's passing away was like, it really kind of like shook me, and I was like. I think that was the first time in my life where I was like, I'm not afraid of dying. I'm more afraid of dying and being like dying and not having lived. I was more afraid of. And so that kind of sent me on this whole new trajectory that um, I, I that I'll have to tell you about in the next episode hate to leave you on a cliffhanger but yeah it, it was wild it, you know it's been a wild journey I'm, I'm just getting started if any of this sounds interesting to you oh you just wait you just wait until we dive in to the stuff later because it's it's wild it gets a lot wilder um than you um can imagine so uh and some so for those of you who are interested make sure you come back next week uh, my name is Famous Vernon, a.k.a. Famous Vernon, I said a.k.a. Vernon Foster, a.k.a. Famous Vernon. I'll see you guys here next week. You can head on over to IWantToBeFamous.co if you want to check out more of the content or subscribe to the YouTube channel. I Wanna Be Famous. Co. See you next week, man. Peace.